including myself, we, ha- I, we have to work on. We have to really work on. And uh, the title is The Power of Your Word. The Power of Your Word. So, having said that, would you please stand up? Say it, stand. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. This morning, the power of your word. From the very beginning, in Genesis, as God was giving us an account of how we came to be. He wanted us to know and gave that to Moses. And from the very beginning, God wanted us to know the power of words. What you say when he in his creation, confusion in the earth, the earth was void, there was deep darkness, and then it says, and God said, and then he tells you what he said, and then after saying, God comes to examine to see what has happened. And then the Lord saw that it was good. God said it happened. God examined it. And then God said it was good. So from the very beginning, God was showing us the most powerful thing that we have. Your words. Your words. The whole universe created through words. The Bible tells us that we are in a war. We are in a war. When I was a young man, I was, well, before I got saved, we used to go to church and we sing onward Christian soldiers. <laughs> onward Christian soldiers. And I looked at everybody in church. No one has a uniform. How are we soldiers? And, and what are we fighting? War? I don't see any war. Onward, Christian soldiers, you know, marching out to war. But the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness. Notice, the rulers of the darkness of this age. There is the darkness, not a darkness, the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness, not just a little host, hosts, a lot of them of wickedness in heavenly places. So we are wrestling. So how are you wrestling? You're wrestling with your hand? Are you wrestling with your mind? How are you wrestling? The scripture cannot lie. Whether you know it or not, we're wrestling with spiritual forces that are trying to destroy our lives. We have to wrestle to win. We have to be conquerors in Christ. So how did Jesus wrestle? Let me let you know this. It is a war of words. It's always been a war of words. You can watch television. You have conservatives. You have liberals. 
Guess what? They're trying to use words to sway everybody to one side, and the other group is using words. It's just a a war of words. And that can change a whole nation, depending on who the people are listening to. Your words matter. Words can change things. It's a war of words. In Luke chapter 4, verse 3, he says, The devil said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, well, didn't Jesus know that he was the Son of God? He knew that. He's not if you are the Son of God. Jesus could have said, I am the Son of God. What are you talking about? If you are the Son of God, he says, command this stone, this stone to become bread. And notice, that was a serious war. That was the same kind of war that Adam and Eve had in the garden. It depends on what you do with the words you hear. Amen. And what you say as well. That's what's going to determine your destiny. Adam and Eve had the same temptation. It was a war of words. Satan said to Eve, it will not really be so, not the way God said to you. And she listened to those words and she acted on those words. I'm sure she repeated the same words to Adam. Adam acted on the words and look at where we are today. But with Jesus, it was a war of words. He caused it temptation. Satan simply said to him, and I'm glad he never listened to him. But notice how Jesus' war fought back. If Jesus had not spoken what he spoke, where would we be today? The words. There was no real wrestling. They didn't lock on to fight. It was a war of words. And that's still today. God is still at work in people's lives today. It's what comes out of your mouth. It's what you're listening to and what you're acting on based on what you hear. That's what it is. It's a war of words. But Jesus answered and said, It is written. That's the secret for victory. What is written? That's what you have to say. What is written? If you speak what is written, no one can defeat you. Jesus didn't answer by saying, well, I am the Son of God. You better know that. No, he quoted what was written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Let me tell you, I discovered this. Perfection comes through word. Perfection comes through word. James Chapter 3, verse 2. For we all stumble in many things, he said. We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, the same. He is a perfect man. Did you get that? If you don't stumble in what comes out of your mouth, that's perfection. You want to be perfect? Get your words right. I didn't say that. The scripture is saying that. The one who doesn't stumble in what he says. The same person is perfect before God. And so we're striving to be perfect, striving to be right before God, where you can't get there unless your words are right. It's your words. Your words control your future. Your words control your destiny. What you say is 
what you receive. Your words. But you see, it has to be what God has written. That's what's going to control your destiny. If it doesn't agree with what God says, then you don't put your destiny in God's hand. You put your destiny in Satan's hand. It depends on what comes out of your mouth. So perfection comes through that. You know, in Psalm 19, verse 14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, let it be the cry of every believer, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. That's all. If they are acceptable to God, you have abundance of grace and things will change in your life. The words of your mouth, what you're saying. Some people have destroyed their marriages with their words. Every little thing they say, uh, uh, if, you, if you keep going that way, uh, we're going to court. And, and they use divorce as if it's just something, no big deal. I'm going to separate, I'm going to do. As long as you keep saying that, uh, that's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, in God's sight. Acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Let me let you know this. There is nothing like there is nothing like idle words. <laughs> well, most of the time, you know, I say, "Well, I'm kidding." God doesn't see you kidding. Once it comes out of your mouth, you can't take it back in. Jesus said, "It's not what you eat." Or what goes into a man's mouth that defies him. You heard that? It's not what you eat that destroys you. He says, it's what comes out of your mouth that defies a man. Your words. That's the most important thing. That's where we must, we must wrestle. That's where we must exercise ourselves. What you're saying. Some people have destroyed their children with what they say. Well, that's the way I feel. That's, that's what I see. It's real. You keep it on. Jesus said this in Matthew 12, 36, 37. But I say to you that for every idle word that a man may speak, They will give account of it on the day of judgment. Well, I'm kidding. No, you are going to give account of it on the day of judgment. Why? Because your words doing something to you and the one who's sharing it. There is nothing like idle words. You get angry, and those words are coming, and you're shooting back. And, 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 and the wife gets it, and she says, well, that's a painful arrow. I got mine too. It's harder than what you got. There you go. Zap. 
the words that come out of our mouth. We'll give a can. Notice what he says. For by your words. By what? By your words. You are justified. You know what that means? You are made right before God. God accepted before God. Blessed before God. By your words. By what comes out of your mouth. You are justified. And by your, your words, you are condemned. Your words determine where you stand with God. Just with words. What we say. Proverbs, I'm going to go in a lot of scriptures. Proverbs 6, because you need to establish this real good. Proverbs 6, verse 2. He tells us very clearly there. You are snared by the words of your mouth. In other words, you have entrapped yourself because of what you've said. Whether you're joking or not, you see, there are, there are natural laws and there are spiritual laws. This is a very serious spiritual law. This law we're talking about. Just like the law of gravity. When God says something, it's a law. It's a law. You know, I usually joke, if today is Sunday, right? But if God says, well, today is Monday, and you say, excuse me, Lord, uh, it, it's Sunday, we all know that. You, you're mistaken. He's just turned into mon- in the Monday. Oh, yes. His word will not return to him void. His word is law. You either flow with it or you, and, and be blessed or you go against it and destroy yourself. Jesus said it's like a stone, this rock. If you fall on the rocks, he breaks you into pieces so he can put you back together. But if he falls on you, he grounds you to powder. That's what Jesus said. His word is law. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken, like taken into captivity because of the words of your mouth. What we say. Just because you feel it doesn't mean you have to say it. You can think it, but don't give birth to it. Once you speak it, you've given birth to it, it's now your baby. You got to take care of it. I would rather just let it sit there until it's aborted. Okay? Amen? Sit there in the mind and don't give birth to it because once you speak it, now you got to deal with it. You see, God said, and it was everything He said. And we are made in His image. You have eyes. That's how you know God has eyes. You have a mouth. That's how you know God has a mouth. He speaks. Once you say it, you're giving birth to it. The only way out of it, if God opens your eyes, ask God for mercy. Amen? Repent. God, I'm sorry I said those. I want that out of my life. I don't want that renounce it. From now on, I'm going to be saying something different. And God will make 
that happens. You don't have to say what you're feeling. And God taught us what to do. In Joel 3, verse 10, it says, But beat your plowshares into souls. Whatever is bugging you, turn it to something that you can fight with. Okay? And you're pruning hooks into spears. Then he added, Let the weak say, Say, God, I don't think you know what you're talking about. This I feel weak. God says, don't say it. Don't say it. Listen. First Peter 2, verse 2. It says, as newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the word, so you grow. Right? That means every Christian that's born again, you are a baby. You start off as a baby. Right? And as you eat, you learn to talk, right? And to walk. If you are a child of God and you are growing, it's like being born in your home and you are being weaned and trained in America. And then you start talking and you have a British accent. Hello. People start wondering, are you sure? About that baby? How come? You know why I'm going there? You should speak like your parents. You should speak his words. Learn his native language. Amen. He comes from the word. Don't speak something different from what the word says. Learn your native language. If any man is in Christ... He is a a new creation. The old is gone. Learn to speak a new language. Let the weak say, I am strong. So you can, God knows you're weak, but he says don't say it. Because if you say it, you become weaker. Listen, what does this mean? The cure for your weakness is in your mouth. That's what God's saying. The cure for your weakness is in your mouth. Is God only concerned about weakness? Is that all God is concerned about, being weak? No. He's concerned about your finances, what you say about your finances. He's concerned about your marriage, what you say about your marriage. He's concerned about your health, what you say about your health. Some people, they like to be sick. They just, oh, I'm sick, I'm sick, because they like the temperature. Okay, that's fine. If you're sick, call for the elders of the church. That's not what the Bible says. James chapter 5, verse 14. Call for the elders. Let them pray for you. Don't keep talking about being sick and sick and sick. Until you're really, really sick. When you say, I am afraid, fear comes in and grips you even stronger. Once it comes out of your mouth, have you noticed people, they are happy for a while? I've seen people, uh, they're interviewing them on television about their loved ones, you know. 
They were sitting there a minute before. You're smiling and laughing, right? And then they start talking about their loved ones and all of Guess what they start doing? They're crying. What changed? They're speaking, right? And the emotions follow. What they're saying. And so God's teaching us, we need to learn how to speak. Let the weak say, I am strong. And as you say what's positive in your life, the Bible tells us, for those that are sick, by his stripes, we are healed. And so it's easy. You just say, I don't want to lie. I don't want to lie. I can't say by his stripes I'm healed, but I'm still sick. And God understands. No, he doesn't. Because the Bible says, let God be true and everyone a liar, including your body. So you keep saying what God says. And you keep maintaining that this is what God says and that's what's going to happen. That's what Angela said today about uh, those two men, Joshua and Caleb. God told 12 of them, go into the land, bring some word. These guys felt, yeah, we can take them. The others said, no, we can't. We are like grasshoppers in their eyes. The other one said, well, they are bread for us. Uh, They are so big, we'll eat them alive. Then God came and said, what I heard from your mouth, that's what I'm going to give to you. That's the principle. Have you noticed? Why was God telling Adam to name the animals? Adam could have just said it in his head, right? But God sat by him and made him to say, well, that's a lion. Uh, and that's, that's that. And whatever he called them, that was the name. Your words. Your words. What you say from your mouth. There's a scripture, Joshua 1, verse 8 and 9. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You see, it is written. Well, let me ask you this. If it doesn't depart from your mouth, how do you have room to speak other words? Right? If that's all you're saying, the book of the law, you don't have room to speak other words. The perfect thing God wants is constantly affirm what Scripture says. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you, must, you should meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do all that is written in it. You know how you can observe to do what's written in it? You feel I'm trapped with this addiction. I'm trapped with this depression. I'm trapped with this problem that I have. He's so big. You brought it so close to your eyes. You can't see anything else. And that's all you talk about. You want looking for somebody to talk about this weakness that you have, this depression, whatever thing is bothering you. You just want to talk about it. But God says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you must meditate in it day and night. To meditate is not to sit, even though with his legs crossed, 
and, and, and do that kind of stuff, crazy stuff. No, that's not what he's talking about. It's to murder it to yourself. Day and night, you're speaking it to yourself. Even when you're sleeping, you're thinking about it. You know why? The word of God is life. And it's life. Read John chapter 1. The word is life. And so he says that you may observe to do. Is That's the only way you can keep God's word when you're thinking about it and saying it. Let's go back. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, you keep speaking it. But you shall meditate in it day and night. Why that? That means this is the result of what you're doing. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. There is no way you can do according to what is written in it if you're not speaking it. That's what he says. It won't work for you. He says, because when you do that, for then, he tells you what the outcome is going to be. For then, you will make, who is going to make your way prosperous? God? No. You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And God added, have I not commanded you? Right? Have I not commanded you, be strong and of a good courage. In other words, you need to be strong. Because what the book is saying and what you are feeling and what you are experiencing, they are contrary to one another. So you don't feel like saying what the book says. And so, but you need courage. You need to be strong. You don't need to be afraid or be dismayed because of what's happening. I have commanded you. Then he says, for the Lord your God, the one that is commanding you to say this, he is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Some of us, we have destroyed everything around us with our words because we are being very sincere. And just saying it as it is. But if it's not the word of God, you are not saying it as it is, you are destroying yourself. We need to learn to speak our native language. Amen? The word of God. It's not how you feel, but what the word says. You got to build yourself through the word. What God says. You make God your refuge by what you say. When you read the Psalms, you think... Well, David was so spiritual, uh, God was with him all the time. No, David was saying a lot of things, just muttering into himself. He was the king, and people were writing. When you read, the Lord is my shepherd, guess what? He was making his confession. God is my shepherd, I shall not want. He was saying what he believed of his God. He wasn't worried that he would have food tomorrow. I've never no lack. He was saying it. And he got what he said. He was successful. And he said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, notice he didn't say, God will make me not to fear. No, I will fear no evil. 
Because God is with me. And we say, well, God was really with David. God, it was a special man. No, we're all special. Remember what Jesus said? If you live in the New Testament, you are greater than John the Baptist, right? And John the Baptist was the greatest of those that lived in the Old Testament. Greater than David. But we have to do what God says. Speak the word. Notice, I find this scripture that is so important. And we need to start saying these things. Psalm 103, for example. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Notice what he was doing. Speaking to himself. Speaking to himself, but out loud. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So if there is any part of me that doesn't want to bless his holy name, please vacate. Hello? Because I am going to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget all of these benefits. And then he began to list his benefits. Yeah, well, because God was dealing with him. But God's dealing with you. His time is gone, right? It's your time now. Can I hear an amen? It's your time now. David is not more special than you are. He wasn't washed with the blood of Jesus when he was alive. You have been washed with the blood of God's son. You are that special as well. You can say exactly the same thing. And God watches over his word to perform it, right? He watches it. But when he doesn't hear it from your mouth, how can he confirm? Read John, uh, Matthew 28. He says, and the Lord walked with them, confirming their words with signs following. When you're saying nothing, there is nothing to confirm. When you say things contrary to what scripture says, God says, that's your business. And the devil says, I like that. And I'll confirm that for you. Let the weak say, I am strong. What is it in your life today that you want changed? Is it some addiction? Quote the scriptures. Amen. Quote the scriptures. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over me. The devil says, you know you're lying. You just sinned yesterday. Hey. But God said, amen. Let God be true and everyone a liar. Keep saying it. For sin shall not have dominion over me. If you continue with it, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you meditate day and night. Before you know, your body says, yes, sir. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're not going there anymore. Yes. That's how we get there, by saying the word. Psalm 91 is a very beautiful scripture. Books have been written on Psalm 91 because it's so beautiful. 
It's like Proverbs 31. It's such a beautiful book. But notice what it says. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. How do you get to the secret place? How? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. But how do you get there? You know how you get there? Your mouth. Notice what it says. What's the next word? I will say. Not somebody else. I will say. Not I will go. I will say. What you say matters. I will say of this almighty God under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. That's your secret place, but you don't get in there unless you say it. Just don't read scriptures for you to say, well, that's nice. Say it. He's yours. Whose Bible is If you have your Bible, let me see it. Let me see your Bible this morning. Whose Bible is that? Who, who owns that Bible? Is that my Bible? Can I take your Bible from you? and say, you're not going to let me have it, right? It's your Bible. Whatever he says, that's God speaking to you. He knew you would buy that Bible, right? And he knew you would read from it. And every time you read, he's talking to you. Amen. He's talking to you. So what are you going to do? Say of the Lord, you are my refuge. When you say it, you think he didn't hear it? He hear it? The angels also will hear it. If your idle words, if you are going to give account for your idle words, things that you just said, meaning God took note of what you said, how much more when you say to the Lord, you are my refuge. He heard you. The angels heard you. The demons heard you. Everyone heard you. And guess what? God says, that's my boy. Amen. I am his refuge. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. God will do that. I like to go to verse 9. Notice what it says. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. How did you do it? I will say of the Lord. When you say it, it's registered in heaven. This is so important. You know why preachers, they'll ask you, please come up. And they say, say after me. Do you have to say after them? And then after you've said after them, you know, you said what you have to say after them. You say what, you have, what they're telling you to say. 
sometimes you're wondering, guess what? They turn around and they tell you, now you've said everything. We know you're saved, right? And you're saved. Just by saying something transpired. So preachers, knowing this, they want to help us. And so they say, repeat after me. But really mean it from your heart. And as you say those words, God, the Holy Spirit, comes into your life and transforms your life and changes you into another man. And then you start dealing with God from that very day. Is it just for salvation? No, everything else. When you say it in His name... God the Father comes into it. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Notice what it says. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to go through trouble. Hmm. But the way I see trouble is... All things work together for good. To those who love God. To those who are called according to His purpose. All things. What, is, what seems bad and what seems good, I have made God my refuge. I don't have to be afraid anymore. I don't have to be afraid anymore. Um, Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. According to scripture, God says, don't fear. I'm with you. Don't get dismayed. You know when we get dismayed, when we are really frustrated and nothing is getting, nothing is working. God says, don't even entertain that. Don't be dismayed. I'm your God. He says, I will strengthen you. I'll help you. Right? I will uphold you. Even though you think you're going down, if you keep this book of the law, this book of the law, you quote the scripture, no weapon formed against me will prosper. They are conspiring, but it won't work. Amen. Because you actually believe in God. Speaking his word is so important. I got to stop here because... Shall I go further? You know, righteousness. There's what is called righteousness and salvation. I don't think Christians have differentiated though. They think when I'm righteous, then I'm already, I have salvation. Both of them. But let me show you something in Scripture. Romans 10, even your salvation depends on your lips. What you say? It says that if you confess, verse 9, it says before verse 8, it says the word is near you, in your mouth, in your heart, the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, whose mouth? Your mouth. If you confess or if you say with your mouth the Lord Jesus, confess him as your Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Then he gives you a principle for 
Can you see that word there? For you will be saved. The reason when the word for them means because you will be saved because there is a law. There is a law. For means because. If you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth as your Lord and you believe in your heart, you will be saved because of this law. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. That's the heart. And with your mouth, you confess unto salvation. Why separate them? Have you wondered? Why separate them? Why not with your heart, salvation and righteousness? Why separate them? <laughs> listen. Well, I'm glad you asked. Okay, I put that in. But listen. Just because you believe doesn't mean you will be delivered. Just because you have believed. You know people come, they want to be healed. They believe, right? But they're not acting anything. They're waiting for God to do. She got to speak. Salvation means that you are delivered. Means welfare, prosperity. You go check it out. The word sozo, that's salvation. Righteousness means right standing with God. How many Christians have right standing with God? And you look and you say, I don't know what's going on. Right? They're not using their mouth. Or if they're using their mouth, they're using it the wrong way. Anger, saying things, especially in marriages where you're constantly spewing bad words at your spouse. You're no good. You can't do anything. You can't do something right. You can't do this. And you wonder why they can't do anything right. You've been speaking it. You've been saying it. We've got to believe God. Listen. Speak our native language. Let the weak say, I am strong. You have to have hope. And the Bible says, that's Romans 5.5, 5, Hope does not bring, bring shame to us. When you hope, no shame. So when things are difficult, don't confess those things. That's learning to be just like God. Have you ever read in the scripture, God says, I'm having a bad day today. Have you read a scripture like that? Oh, he's there. He's in Ezekiel. The book Hezekiah, chapter 4, verse 5. No, I'm kidding. There is no book called Hezekiah. Don't go turn to Hezekiah. There's no book like that. Okay? But guess what we do? Well, I'm having a bad day today. But my brother, please, let's say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. No, I can't say that I'm having a bad day today. Well, keep on with it. You will really have a bad day. Satan will make sure you have a bad day. I just don't feel well today. And then you go to the office and somebody looks at you because you're already not feeling well. So you're dragging like this. And the guy says, you don't look well today. And he says, I already said it. I don't feel well today. Before long, we'll be visiting in the hospital. Life and death 
scripture at the power of the tongue. Let's learn to speak our native language. You don't have to speak everything you see with your eyes. Don't do it. And Satan is very good. You know, Jesus didn't notice the stone, right? He was, Satan was the one that directed his mind to the stone. And he's come telling him, turn it to bread because Jesus was hungry. That's what happens. Satan will bring your mind to that difficulty. Right? You're hungry. So you see the stone, it looks like bread. Why don't you turn it to bread? That's this temptation. You reject it. And you go, it is written. The book of the law. Amen? I have a lot I want to say today, but I will end here. Stand up with me this morning. You have what you say. Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, not pray to the mountain, say to this mountain, be removed. If you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, you have what you say. It is what you say. Um, Teresa, put Second uh, Corinthians 4 verse 13, the last scripture up. And I'd like us all to read this. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, good. That's the principle. Speak not what you know in the natural, but what you believe. That's the principle. Lift your hands up to the Lord this morning, everyone here. Is this something that you want to change? God wanted to change the world the way it was in the beginning. He spoke words to it. Let there be light. He said the earth was void. And there was deep darkness. But God spoke. Today, God, we ask that you give us the grace to recognize truth from your word and speak truth to our situation. Let us boldly declare that we are more than conquerors through Christ. Let us boldly, by your grace, declare that we will never know want because the Lord is our shepherd. Let us boldly declare that sickness will not overcome us because by your stripes we were healed. Let us boldly declare that no addiction, no sin, no, no, none of that will have dominion over our lives because sin shall not have dominion over us. Thank you, Father. Be with your people today as they go. Reveal yourself even more in your word. And give us the grace to speak the truth. For your word says you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. When we declare the truth with our mouth. 
Thank you, Father. Bless your people today. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.